Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. Well, it's the 23rd of March, 2021. I recorded the interview that we're going to be listening to today with Chris Axelson uh, back in January, I think. And I've got another one to catch up with him after this one's released. I've got a few other interviews in the can, so to speak. Before we get on to the interview, if you want to support this podcast, and I know everybody out here in podcast land is always begging for money. And I'm doing that, too, to a certain extent, but um, it's not that big a deal. You can support this podcast by either buying my audio products, which are available at the website. And I have audio lessons for the written portion of the ASA exams, ASA 101, the 103, and the 104. That would be my preferred method for you to support the podcast is actually getting value for your money. Because then you'd have a product that you think is valuable, and I appreciate that the most. Second way, always appreciated, is becoming an ongoing Patreon. You can go to patreon.com backslash medsailor. That's the second way. And I want to thank all my patrons out there. If you have suggestions for this podcast, write me franz1 at medsailor.com. And of course, the website is medsailor.com. Don't have much else to talk about before I do my advertisement for Sailrite who's agreed to sponsor the podcast for another year. And then we'll get straight into my interview with Chris Axelson. I did want to report that I saw the cranes up in the valley today. That's a definite sign of spring for the ranch. I get, I get comments. Some of you like to listen to my comments about what's going on at the ranch and my regular day life. Get on to the sailing. I don't know. It'll, it'll be sort of a... I do have to say that when I do a podcast, I have to spend about an hour and a half recording the podcast, and then I have to edit the podcast. Then I have to prepare my comments for the intro to the podcast. I would just as soon go straight to the interview and not do these uh, comments ahead of the uh, actual podcast. I may just cut these a lot shorter in the future. I don't know if anybody really cares what I'm doing in my day life, how many times I went skiing, what the skiing conditions were like, etc. All right, let me thank my sponsor, Sailrite, and then we will go straight to the interview with Chris Axelson. Again, if you want to write me, franz1 at medsailor.com, and the website is medsailor.com. For over 50 years, Sailrite has been your authority in all things marine DIY. Do it yourself. What started as a mail-order correspondence course on sailmaking has grown into one of the largest online and catalog retailers for the marine industry. Sailrite stocks everything you need to sew for your boat. They are the only company that makes one design and custom sail kits. As a passionate group of DIYers, Sailrite's dedication to self-reliance at sea is proven in their products and services. Sailrite sells fabric, foam, supplies, and more including the legendary portable and powerful Ultrafeed sewing machine. So you can be self-reliant and save money by sewing your own projects, from biminis to dodgers, sacrificial sail covers and sail bags, to interior and exterior seating and cushions. 
Sailrite brings you the best brands in the industry for unmatched product quality and professional-looking DIY results. With over 50 years of bringing you quality products, unparalleled service and support, and free how-to videos, Sailrite is a name you can trust. It is January 8th, and I'm on, well, actually not on Skype. I'm using Skype, and Chris is on a, on a mobile phone. We couldn't get Skype to work on his older operating system, Mac. But Chris emailed me today and said, hey, do you want to catch up on, uh, on what happened since the last time we talked? And the last time we talked, you were in Kufanisi, Greece, which is just, just south of, of, uh, of uh, Paros, as I recall. Is that right? Uh, maybe not. No. No, it's not. It's... Um, so, yeah, it's south of Naxos, basically south and east of Naxos. It, it, it's east of east of Paros. Yeah, yeah east yeah. of Paros, south of Naxos. Uh, you're heading towards, well, I think it's Amagoros over there. But you've had a lot of adventures since then. Let's start from there and tell us what's up. Tell us what's new. Well, we had... Uh, we're back in Montana now. Our trip has ended, but we're going to uh, bring everybody up to date on our adventures. And we had we had been in uh, Shanusa, and we saw the weather coming in, and it looked like it was apt to be unpleasant. So we got up early in the morning, and we had uh, met a professional captain in Mykonos who had highly re- recommended Kufanisi. And uh, we hadn't been able to get... Um, uh, confirmation that we could get into the marina there at Kufanisi at the, in the little harbor. But uh, the weather was turning very quickly uh, on us. And so we got up early in the morning and we headed up to Kufanisi and radioed into the marina. And they said, yes, we've got a space for you. Get on in here. And uh, we started out in about eight to 10 knots. And by the time we were up there, it was blowing 35 and just the hour that it took to motor up uh, from Shinusa up to Kufanisi. And uh, we got in there. That's a, a very small uh, little marina. And, and uh, it was filled with boats. And as there, one was leaving. And so we snuck in and there was a 115 foot uh, power boat in there and and uh, we started to back in, and it was very tight to to fit our pudgy catamaran in there, our Lagoon 450. And we were backing up, and and there was about a centimeter on either side of the boat. And the captain looks at me and he says, "Don't worry, I've got big balloons." And out on the deck came these monstrous fenders. You know, they're like two and a half feet in diameter and six feet long. And he stuffs them along the side and we squeaked our way in there and got got secured and he became a a, a good acquaintance over the the next three days that we were there and our whole point at this point in the trip was to get the heck out of the Meltimi. we were worn out by it we've been sailing in it for three or four weeks and we just had enough of it and so there we were uh told about the wonderful beaches on Kufanisi and it's you know, blowing 35 knots and rough, but there was a lovely beach right next to the, the marina there, Franz, and the kids had a wonderful 
plain and the wind came uh, from the, the northeast there. So it was, and the beach looks southwest. So it was lovely. And we had a great time playing there. Kufanisi is a lovely little town. Uh, just, just a great place to be for two or three days. And uh, on the second day, uh, we see coming up from down by Shanusa, oh, I don't know, a 44-foot sailboat being pulled by two Greek fishing boats. And uh, they, they pull them into the marina, and they find a little place to tie them up. And it's this German fellow. He's all by himself, and he's totally out of his element. And uh, he had a problem with his uh, having too much sail up and his roller furling gear had had uh, jammed up on him so he couldn't roll it up and uh, he tried to pull it down but the luff tape tore and jammed in the in the luff uh, headstay arrangement there and then while it was flopping around the the jib sheet came off and he didn't know it and he engaged his motor and wrapped his, his jib sheet around his propeller and he was out there someplace between Teros and Shusanisi, and, and he was in a hell of a pickle. So he gets in there, and he's half in shock and uh, doesn't know what to do. And we're kind of, I would say, at first not wanting to get involved with this mess because it looked like a disaster. But after about an hour, I marched over there, and I... I said, listen, can I give you a hand with this? And he said, oh, no, it's a mess. And I said, well, I think I think we can give you a hand. And uh, another came over, and we were staring at it. And I said, listen, you need to hoist me up that head stay there, and I'll cut that luff tape off, and uh, we'll get your sail down. And Mandy was there, my wife. She said, I'll dive on the prop, and we'll get that cleared. So in about a half hour, we had the sail down, the prop cleared, and uh, he was feeling a lot better about life. But, you know, if you get hauled in in Greece, you have to get your boat surveyed. Were you aware of that, Franz? I did not know that, no. Yeah, so, so the so port if, police came down, and so, they said, listen, you're... So, so when you say by hauled in, you mean if the Coast Guard comes out and gets you? Can't, if you if you get brought in by any means other than your oh. own own power and the port police find out about it, they require the boat to be recertified as seaworthy. Oh wow! Okay. And this poor guy, the the only person that could approve this was over on on Naxos, and they had to get that guy to come over and inspect the boat. And by this time, we'd left, but you know he. He was there for quite a while, I imagine, getting the okay to to move his boat again. Um, so anyway, that's it, it's written up in some of the the websites that if if something happens, don't call the Coast Guard unless you absolutely have to because you're going to make a mess out of things. Okay, that's good information to have. So, I'm look, I'm zoomed in on this little harbor in Kufanisi. It's just a little square harbor, isn't it? There's not much there. It's tiny. No, it's it's very small, and I don't know. You can probably count the boat, the number of boats in there, but I would say that there weren't more than twenty boats in that, 
that in that little harbor. And we were we were on the uh, what would be, I guess, the east side uh, of that. And there was, was uh, you can see that powerboat there in the corner. And we were two boats over from that. Next to that powerboat was that 115 footer. And then we sat there and it was a lively place. I mean, when we were getting ready to leave, uh, a, a van came down to do some provisions to that power boat and um, wasn't looking backed over right in front of us, backed over a, a, someone that was walking on the dock. So we had a we had a pretty lively adventure there <laughs> for those few days. And and we were watching the weather and. board with them and they kept wanting to move on and he kept saying you don't want to go out in this this is going to be bad and i said how bad is it out there and he said well where you're headed it blew 140 kilometers an hour last night and the seas are three to four meters i'm like holy smokes when are we going to ever get out of kufanisi here yeah so so, so is this when they was, ha- is this when they had the medicaid come through last summer then is this about that time then? no no it was not it was this would have been uh in uh must have been uh middle part of August okay. at that point in time I would guess. And I can't remember when that Medicaid came through, do you know? Um it was a little after that as I recall. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, cuz we heard about it, but but no. So the after 3 days there there was a crack in the weather, and they they seem to do a pretty good job forecasting this stuff over there. The the Meltami died down to uh, twenty to twenty five knots, and then it was going to go right back up in about twenty hours. And so we said, well, that's our our best shot. And with where the wind wind was coming from, which was kind of kind of north. Uh, we were we were planning on being able to to sail to uh, let's see what were we going to sail to? Uh, it would have been probably, I guess we were uh, uh, We we were hoping for Kalimnos. Oh, okay. You're going to go that far then? Okay. Yep. And we were going to we we had to get out of the Meltony. I was going to lose my crew and everything else. So so uh, uh, we we decided that we would sail overnight. And we left Kufanisi at about 5 p.m. and uh, hid under its lee uh, for as long as we could, climbing north. And then um, we thought, well, the way this is going to unfold here is we're going to end up uh, over in in uh, Kalimnos or uh, whatever it is, that other Kos or something like that. And And we got out there, and it was blowing – 25 and we were cracked off just a hair and the boat was <laughs> doing nines and tens through three meter seas and we were flying and we were fetching uh easily fetching patmos oh really so you were able and to head up on really this. screw okay all right yeah we were we were headed headed way high uh and and uh, uh, scooting right along, and about 11 o'clock at night, the wind completely 
completely died. And it was glassy calm out there. The seas flattened out. We turned on the motors. And at this point in time, uh, we're, we're fetching Patmos, no problem. And uh, uh, I'm there thinking, well, I'm not really that keen on going into a harbor in the middle of the night. It's about the last thing I want to be doing. Um, you know, I, we weren't at all familiar with these places. And so we're looking at Patmos and we're trying to figure out what to do about this. And down on that uh, uh, south end of the island there is that big harbor. Do you see that over mm-hmm. there on Patmos? Yeah, it's a big, pretty well-protected harbor there. Yeah. Yep. And so we aimed for that and got there at 1230 at night when we were planning on being at sea all night long and, and sailing, you know, another 30, 30 miles. Uh, instead, we snuck in there on our radar and uh, kind of cruised around. It's a little bit tricky. There's some there's some shoals that come out off of that where the, those two the, those two crescents meet. Mm-hmm. And they stick out really far in there. Yeah, you can see it on uh, Google we, Earth we got that, all the, that there's a reef out there. Yeah. 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 And we first tried to anchor in that first bay there on the left. And uh, we weren't very happy with that. The wind was coming down and the water was deep there. And uh, so then we headed over to the other side and anchored right up there in that northern corner. And uh we were anchored in about, I don't know what it was, maybe four meters, got a nice bite, went to sleep, and uh, uh, got up in the morning. That oh, that's great. great. And it yeah. worked out really well. Uh, yeah. Um, that's a very easy, wide-open anchorage to, to, to cruise into if you have to find something in the middle of the night. That worked out really well for us. Um, and, and so then the next morning, uh, we got up. And uh, let's see where we ended up going. Uh, I don't have my calendar, uh, Franz. Mandy's got that. But we headed over to uh, – we, we we went around Patmos and sailed north up to uh, – yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, let's see. Let me see what it's called there. Uh, Arky, the little ta- – Past Agrilusa. Past Agrilusa. Marathos. Okay. Do you see – See that? That's uh, past underneath Arky. Okay, past. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, underneath Arky, one of those little islands there. Not Lipsy, then. Yes. Okay, Lipsy. All right. uh, Yeah, Lipsy. We didn't go to. Okay. Uh, It's it's above Lipsy there, right under Arky. I'm showing it as Marathos. Okay. Uh, Yeah. There's a little island there called uh, Marathos. I've never. I've always gone into the little harbor at Arky because it's such a quaint little harbor. But so you went to Marathos then? We did, and we looked at these. We looked at these other uh, anchorages that are on the south side of Arky, mm-hmm. and they they just didn't they just didn't look very interesting to us. Uh, we didn't go into the town of Arky. We 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 after going into those two fingers to the east, we we turned around and went over to Marathos, and we had. That's a lovely anchorage. It's really well protected, and uh, there's a, a a nice restaurant there on shore. Uh, 
them. And and my uh, son Lars ordered um, uh, pasta bolognese, and I took a taste of it, and I thought, well, I wonder how that's going to go over with him, uh, because the meat in the bolognese sauce was from their native goats. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and you know, it's a little goaty. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Uh, but that was a great anchor. And we spent the night there and did some swimming, and there's a bunch of mooring balls in there, and the meal was very reasonably priced, uh, and, and and we had a we had a nice night, and we finally felt like we were on the fringe of the Meltimi, and the forecast was no longer for 25 to 40 knots; it was for 15 to 25 knots, which our crew was very comfortable sailing in, and. Uh, uh, so we got into the east side of the Aegean at that point in time, and it was a real hallelujah moment for us because we were we were pretty worn out by the Meltimi. Yeah, it can wear you out really fast. Uh, yeah, it just uh, gosh, it's a hard it's a hard wind. It's it's some um, years are better than than others. In the last time I was in in the uh, Adriatic or not the Adriatic, the Aegean. Uh, it was really tough that year, and I talked to a lot of people, and I interviewed people, and it had been tough for everybody. Um, so, so you, you know, interestingly enough, the farther north you go, the less powerful it is. Because uh, I talked to, I have an interview with a captain that that goes all the way up to Limnos, and uh, and he he doesn't, he seems to think it's not that big a deal. But I know right in the Cyclades, which is the most popular cruising area. That it is, it is known for the Meltimis. So, yeah, yeah. So you you knew <laughs> well, you we, knew it our, you knew on any given day you could get over to Turkey at that point in time. You were close enough that you could hop over to Turkey anytime you wanted. Yeah. So I mean that's what's interesting about this. We left Marathos and we snuck out. Uh, let's see how we did that. Oh, we went down south around. On Lipsy mm-hmm. and snuck out between Lipsy and Leros, and we got out there in the, in the just just out through the the, the passage there, and uh, our dinghy, um, uh, the pad eye uh, that was attaching it to the davits broke, and so the dinghy was half in the water dragging along in these leftover two to three meter seas and it was blowing 20. So we had a little bit of an adventure, but fortunately that pad eye, the bolt had stayed in place. And so I was able to jump in the dinghy and in about 20 minutes, get that, that pad eye threaded back onto the bolt and, and then, you know, carry on with the adventure. Hmm. And then we sailed down the North shore of Leros to really what was one of, uh, our, highlights of our trip through Greece. And that was down to uh, uh, Kalimnos. Have you been in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We went to that uh, on the north side, that uh, very indented anchorage that faces east. Yep. Yeah. And that was Fabulous. Have you been in that anchorage? Yeah, we spent probably a couple days in that anchorage. That was uh, with Neil Fletcher and Jack Andrews. 
And we went up to that little bar on the uh, south side and sat there all afternoon. And, and Jack did a uh, slow motion of all the boats on the mooring bo- balls in there, on the mooring buoys in there. And it was, you know, showed how, how all the boats move around in a circle and back and forth and back and forth. But, yeah, yeah, that was nice. It was really windy when we were there, but it was nice and flat. I mean, we were in there because the Meltimis were yeah. blowing. But inside that anchorage, it was very nice and flat. And the fact that you had a mooring ball, uh, you felt pretty comfortable leaving the boat. You didn't have to worry about dragging anchor. And uh, I saw, yeah. we saw while we were on the boat, a, uh, a, a Oh, was it an air mattress sail by? And I jumped in the water, went and grabbed it, and <laughs> we took it to shore and walked along the shore till I found the person that had lost it and gave it back to them. But yeah, that's a nice anchorage. That's a nice, very nice anchorage. Yeah, we really like that. Now we went to the restaurant on the north side, and uh, we had a fabulous meal and the camaraderie in there. We went back for breakfast in the morning, and the this place was just the friendliest kindest person and she was giving the kids you know pastries and sweets and uh we we just that was a wonderful experience in that in that harbor we really enjoyed that place um and so from a a restaurant point of view it was probably the best one that we went to at least off the boat and uh the the harbor was well protected and yeah we really we had a great time in there when when we were sitting up um, at that little restaurant on the on the other side there was a uh, farmer that came by just up the beach walked down that road went into where a bunch of goats were uh, were being held and uh, butchered them right i mean slit their throat right there and hauled them off down the road i mean you could hear the bleeping and then suddenly no bleep <laughs> and then you see him hauling the carcasses back to his farm farmhouse and I thought, well, okay, there's some supper for some people right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, from there, we left the next day, and we ha- we had a long day. We sailed uh, east and then south and then uh, along the, the western side of Kos, headed south, and then uh, around the corner uh, to Naziros and Mendraki. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it was a, that was a pretty long day for us. And, and, uh, uh, we got into, there's two harbors in there, uh, the old one, which is in the town of Mandraki, and then the, the newer one, which is a little bit to the North. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm looking at it on Google Earth. It's called I guess Pally, it's, yeah. Yeah, and and that the Google Earth picture to me looks like it isn't. What's the date on that? Huh. Well, that must be how it is. Um, but we were really looking forward to this going up to the the volcano. Have you been in there? Yeah, Franz? I've. Uh, that's one of my favorite islands. I've I've rented scooters and driven all over that island several times. Yeah. It's a great island, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So so we. Yeah, we got in there, and at this point in time, we were pretty good at the med mooring. You know, we we had tons of scope out and and uh, got ourselves in there uh, nice and securely and tight. And then um, uh, rented a car and uh, 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 
now, went up now to which, the, the which, volcano. Which one did you go to? Did you go to the uh, the one at Pali, the new one, or the one at Mandraki? Which one did you go to? No, the new one. Okay. The new one, yeah. Oh, I, down I, at Pali. There it is. I see yeah. it. Yeah, that's it. I looked at the one at... That's uh, where we went, and yeah, it's a great anchorage. Yeah, and I looked at the Mandraki anchorage, and that did not look very good. That's, uh, that's some commercial boats no. come in and out of there, and I was glad I was at that other little one. I ran out a big a big storm in that harbor when I was sailing by myself. Uh, I'd got, I I saw this big storm coming, and I thought, I better get out of here, because I was down on... Um, what was the island I was on? I was down on, on oh, what's the name of the island? Uh, anyway, I was over on Simi. I think it was Simi. And I thought, I got to get out of here. Yeah, it was a Simi. And I, like, I, I went over there. I was a day early for the storm, but I had plenty of room. I backed in there, tied up, put lots of scope out, and then I knew I could just go. Enjoy the island, which is what I did, and that's uh, that's the fir- that was the first time I was there, and then I went back again with uh, again with Jack uh, Andrews and Neil Fletcher, and uh, we did the same thing again. We rented scooters and drove all over the island. But yeah, that's a that's a fun island. Not really touristed, not heavily touristed, which is nice. Not at all. Yeah, and the town of Mandraki is a treat to walk around inside of that. That's just a wonderful town. You know, no cars are in it, all those n- nice, tight, narrow streets, but they're not polished up like Mykonos. You know, it's a, has a far more kind of local kind of feel to it. And, um, yeah, so we, we went up to the, the crater and uh, had a good time with the kids. You know, we've got six at this point. They were six, eight, and ten. So that was great, you know, to go down there and see those smoking fumaroles and, and – uh, uh, smell the stink. And so that was, that was an exciting adventure for us. And then we came back and we went over to the black sand beach there. That's over on kind of the, the North East kind of side mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, played around in the, the black sand there. That was a lot of fun and, and saw the, uh, all the turtle nesting sites had all been marked out. And, and so that was another great thing for the kids to, to see, and then they they were at, went up on those black sand dunes and were, you know, kind of sliding, skiing down them. Uh, so that, that's a great island to spend a couple of days on for sure. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot, and it's one I'd go back to over and over again. So that's uh, that's fun. I rode. Um, I went down to another place. There was a, a bunch of switchbacks to take you down to the beach, sort of on the. Um, I guess on the east side, as you go up to the uh, the Cora at Nakia, as you co- come back from that, there's yeah. a switchback that heads on down to the beach. Not much down there, but it was a pretty steep decline, and there was a monastery on the way down that you drive by, which was interesting. I don't know what to do with monasteries. I think you just sort of drive by them. I don't think you really – there's not much point in going into them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was that was uh, Nisiros, and then from there we let's see what did we do from there. I'm thinking, where's Simi? Oh yeah, there's Simi. Uh, so yeah, so we left Nisiros and pa- the anchorage there in Pali, and we sailed uh, all the way over to to Simi. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point in time, our, our planted, we snuck through that little gut there between that island on the sort of the north side there and then came around into seeming. And we knew at this point in time we were uh, getting towards the, the end of our time in, in Greece. Uh, and while we were sailing over there, we're listening to the, uh, the Greek Navy uh, warning off the, the um, Turks. And I don't know if you saw that, but last summer, uh, towards the end of the summer in, in September, I guess it was, uh, the Turks started drilling for doing exploratory drilling for oil. And uh, they were creating quite a ruckus in the EU and in the U.S., I guess. And they were claiming uh, that they could drill in these waters that had been ceded to the Greeks in 1917. And the Greeks were there getting all excited. And, you know, we're, we're hearing all of this chatter between uh, the Greek Navy warning off the Turks. And it's pretty, it's kind of lively. So uh, we get into, into Simi there, and that's a, a great anchorage and a lovely, lovely town. And uh, we tie up there, and we meet the young man who's uh, studying to be an engineer there that was running the waterfront. And uh, we said, listen, we want to go over to Rodo. And he said, well, you're not supposed to leave your boat, you know, when you tie up here. And I said, well, how about if we hire you to watch our boat? So we kind of dickered about that for a little bit. And he was a hell of a nice guy. And he said, okay, I'll do it. Uh, So we were tied up there and um, uh, worked to leave the boat. And the next day we took the ferry over to Rodos and on, on the ferry, it was loaded. These are those super fast ferries. What do they call them over there? I can't remember. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the flying catamarans. Mm-hmm. The, the yeah. hydroplaning catamarans yeah. or whatever they are. Yeah, just the fast ferries. That's good enough. Yeah, there's, You can either the, go slow or fast, fast and it costs you about twice as much to go fast. But you get there really quick. <laughs> yeah, and you get there really quick. They really go fast and it's very exciting to ride up on the bow of them, especially if you're 10 years old. And uh, so we left the boat there tied up uh, and uh, uh, their power wasn't very good on the shore. So we elected to uh, just use the power for the refrigeration side of our, our system. And uh, so we took that fast ferry over to Rodos and, and uh, uh, as we went by uh, the corner there, of Turkey, uh, a Navy, Turkish Navy vessel went by and all of the Greek Navy guys on the ferry, you know, they're staring at it and you can tell they're have nothing good to say about the darn thing. And, um, uh, it came cruising, cruising through there, this Navy patrol boat, but nobody seemed to flinch. The ferry didn't change course. And, and we ended up over in Rodos where we'd gotten an Airbnb that was unbelievable. Uh, you know, that's a walking, we were right in the middle of that town inside the fortress walls and, and, uh, you know, we walked, I don't know, half a mile to get to our place and, uh, met the, the host there and they opened up the door and we walked through this 
covered courtyard to this open open courtyard that looks straight up in the ceiling filled with orange trees. And I mean, it was first class and it was about 115 euros a night. And uh, we just had the best time. We spent three nights there exploring Rhodos and, you know, walking the fortress walls there and going and seeing where the Colossus was. And what a great highlight. Uh, going to Rodos was uh, we just we just had the best time uh, in there and we never left the old city but we found great food and and, and wonderful trinkets to as souvenirs it, it was great H- have you been down there Franz? I, I've been there uh, I think only one time sailed my boat in that's where I cleared into Greece one time I left uh, uh, Marmaris and cleared into Greece there and um uh, it, it, for for yachtsmen sailing to that harbor, it sort of has a bad reputation uh, because there's yeah. some some obstructions on the bottom that you tend to get caught up on, and the and the Greeks know about these and they're just sort of waiting for you to catch your anchor, so you have to go hire somebody to go retrieve your anchor for you. At least that's uh, <laughs> uh, luckily for me, I didn't get caught on anything, and uh, but it's it's sort of a hit and miss harbor for for yachtsmen's to go into. Now there's, that's the main Harbor, but it's pretty spectacular coming in that main Harbor because it is so historic. Unbelievable. So, so famous, but there's a brand new Harbor around the East side that I can see on Google earth. And it was there before, but I don't think they ever finished that Harbor. I mean, it's, you can see the pontoons out there. You can see a few boats in there, but uh, I, I was told that you couldn't use that. And this was a long time ago that I was in there. So it's been many years well, that I've been in there. It's actively uh, being used now. Okay. Uh, but we elected, you know, that's a pretty long sail over there. I think it's 30 plus miles. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it's going to, we, our, our timeline was getting short, you know, and we still had Turkey to do and we didn't want to, spend a day sailing over there and a day sailing back when we could just take that ferry and scoot over and, and save two days. So that was kind of the calculus that we, we used. Um, and, uh, uh we're sure glad we got there cause it was, it was a wonderful visit. Yeah, and then we th- took the ferry I, back to Simi. Yeah. And I think that's a good choice quite honestly, because again, like I say, it's, it's hit and miss in that Harbor it's crowded in that harbor. That harbor is a busy harbor, so there's always a lot of wash going back and forth. And you're always going to yeah. be worrying about your boat in there. We did rent a car and drive around it um, quite a bit. Uh, my family was with me at this point in time. And we got down to Lardos and enjoyed the driving on the island. But still, I think nothing's as spectacular as that, uh, the walled city that you stayed in. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you went was, back to see me wonderful. on the. So you went back to see me on the ferry. I didn't want to stop you there, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll... yeah, yeah. So we took the ferry back there, and and uh, you know, this whole uh, argument that the Turks and the Greeks were having was affecting things, and there was no, there were no Turks sailing in Greece uh, because they weren't allowed to come in. Uh, the you know they couldn't they couldn't couldn't come in so there were no Turks over there which is a big part of the those islands uh, summer sailing business is the, the the Turks coming over on on their holidays in their boats 
And uh, so we went to we went to clear out and we're visiting with the customs folks. And he looks me in the eye and he says, now, you know, this is a one way ticket. You're not coming back. Once you leave here, you're not coming back. Nobody is allowed from Turkey back into Greece. Mm, okay. Well, we'd already we'd already discussed this, and so, you know, we didn't need to look at each other and contemplate it. We'd known that that was in the cards, and we said, "No, we're 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 happy to go. You, you can you can clear us out." And uh, they said, "You're sure now?" And we 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 constantly saw this reluctance reluctance with the Greeks. Uh, when we told people that we were going to Turkey, they were like, "Oh, don't go to Turkey, just." stay in Simi and go to the Leros and do all these islands, but there's nothing in Turkey for you. And uh, so the customs agent was holding up his end of that uh, argument and uh, trying to keep us there. But we said, no, we're, we're prepared to go. And so they cleared us out and uh, we sailed over to, to Dacia uh, in Turkey, which was about 10 miles away. So you went to Dacia and, instead of uh, Bosburn because you could have cleared into Bosburn as well. No, Bosburn was closed. Oh, really? So okay. we couldn't we couldn't clear into Bosburn. Yes, they because of uh, the minimal amount of immigration going, they closed a bunch of their their offices because that had been our original plan uh, to clear in in Bosburn. So uh, we sailed over to Dacha, and when we crossed the the imaginary border there in the middle, we passed. I mean, this was a Amazing. We passed a Greekish a Greek uh, patrol boat that was headed uh, northeast, and then half a mile away, right opposite, was a Turkish patrol boat headed southwest, and then overhead, a flight of three um, fighter planes. And so there we are, Franz, sailing across, going, "Is is this silly? I mean, are we doing something really?" stupid here and those boats just kept on going they never even looked at us they didn't give us bat an eye they didn't call us on the radio or anything let me ask and, you uh, let me ask you a question uh, because so in the dot okay let me ask you a question yeah. and stop here for a second so you've been sailing all last summer in the time of covid and we you talked about how you finally got cleared into greece in uh, in patra and how difficult it was to clear yeah. into greece what were what were the um, what were the crowds like? Were there many other sailors out and about this last summer? What what was it like? When we had set up this trip. We had imagined our children finding other families on boats and sailing with them for a few days, and the kids playing and and there's that website that does that. I can't remember what it's called. No foreign lands. Uh, yeah, I no learned about lands. it. Yeah. Yeah. No foreign lands. We got on no foreign lands. There wasn't a boat out there with kids on it. And most of the boat, there were very few boats, period. Most of them were on land or, or in harbors. And so we saw very few other people out there sailing. Croatia in July was pretty active by our, our standards, probably not by their standards, because we saw a lot of boats staying in the marinas. Uh, you know, that, that weren't leaving their charter bases. But there were, in July, there were a fair number of, of boats out sailing, not in June or May when we were there, but in July. But the rest of it was 
very, very sparse, very few boats out there. You know, we came into Dacha. There were, in the outer harbor there, there were, I don't know, five boats anchored there. Uh, I can't imagine that that would be normal. Um, so it was pretty quiet, and our kids never got to play with any other kids all summer long. They just got to play with us. Hmm. Hmm. So did you go up and tie tie do a med, med mooring on the northwest shore there of uh, Dacha? No, we we were south of the harbor there, anchored where all those other boats are there. Okay, okay. I did clear into Dacha one one time. I can't remember why and where I came from, but I just have a bad taste for that harbor. It was electronic music all night long, close to the. Uh, and I was tied up, med-moored in there, and the music never quit. Finally, I just said, I'm out of here, and left in the middle of the night and went out and anchored out in that bay because I did not like that. Uh, I didn't I didn't like the music and the, the boom, 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 boom all night long. How was it last summer? Well, it's, it's so funny because we're, we were south of the marina there. Mm-hmm where those other boats are, are anchored Mm -hmm. and it was peaceful and calm and there was no noise. I think that bay to the Northwest of the Marina, uh, that has lots of partying going on in it. There were lots of bars in there and you can see all those boats that are tied up there. Uh, that was probably lively, but where we were was peaceful and, and quiet. And we kind of, we enjoyed Dacha because it was, uh, uh, kind of modern and lots of stores and you know we walked up the main drag there and did some shopping and 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 we enjoyed it. That was a nice stop for us. I, I in fact I would rank it as one of the better places in Turkey that we went to. So it's funny how <laughs> two people can have totally different experiences. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Amazing. So, so you. So was yeah. it? What were the Clearing, clearing in. What was the clearing customs situation like there then? Did you hire an agent or? Did oh, you do we it just went. Yeah, we. Yeah, you know, after what we'd been through, we just decided agents were easy peasy, and if it cost you fifty or a hundred euros, somebody else was walking around town having the headaches, and so we we just used an agent there. And it was great. And how did and you find? He was the, right in the marina there. And how did you find the agent? We found the. Oh well, we we had uh, all the way back in Kufanisi, that professional captain on the powerboat had told us who they use. Oh, and okay. uh, so I'd been in touch with them, and they're the ones that handled everything for us in Simi, and they're the ones that uh, uh, handled everything for us in Dachi. Okay. Yeah. And it was, it was small money. I mean, I don't know. I think we paid them, you know, on top of the, the port fees and everything, you know, I think 50 euros or something. And, you know, they're the ones running around town doing the work and they get it done so fast compared to, you know, the grind of going, walking to that office and walking to that office and not having the paperwork. So we, we kind of adopted that approach and, and we're happy we did. Okay. So from Dacha, where did you head? I mean, there is so many areas just in that bay there 
to go, and you could spend a month just in. I'm trying to remember now. We we sailed at that point in time. I think. Where did we end up? We ha- we we were on a, a time leash at this point in time, and uh, we had to we had to uh, practice some triage, and so we we ended up. Uh, I think we we passed on going up into that deep bay there and instead went went to uh yeah 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 this is it instead we went to uh what is this called uh the next bay to the to the east not around bosburn or is it past that no not as far over not as far over as bosburn okay Um, and and uh uh let, let me see. I may have a, uh, a guest coming in right now. I think I do. So let me just see what's going on. Hi, folks. How are you? Uh, are you here for a cabin or you are? I'll be down in just a minute. Okay. How are we on time, Franz? Can well, we do this th- next th- episode? We've been, we've been talking right now about 45 minutes. That's good enough for an episode. Uh, I'll let you take care of business and let's get together uh, when I get back from my uh, my trip to Florida, so it sounds good. That's fine, and that, I think that we'll have enough to cover for one more episode, hopefully. And and uh, between the story of our selling our boat and traveling to Istanbul and all of those adventures, I think we'll have a, one more episode here. Thanks, Chris. The website for sailing in the Mediterranean and beyond is www.medsailor.com Again, medsailor.com Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing. Joel, you want to know something? What? Every now and then, say what the f***. What the f*** gives you freedom? Freedom brings opportunity. Opportunity makes your future. If you can't say it, you can't do it.